from KMOX Sports. The bases are loaded. This is the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing it along with the left. Meyer Jensen, a personal injury law firm. Because sometimes the gloves have to come off. MeyerJensen.com. He hits one deep to left field. You That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. It's a slammer. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Kind of happy Wednesday evening. It is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Joe Pot with you tonight till uh, 8 o'clock. And we've got uh, lots to do here on Sports Open Line on a Wednesday. A good Wednesday, by the way. Cards had a nice, a quick getaway game today. Dakota Hudson was outstanding. He was fantastic. We're going to talk uh, plenty of baseball coming up in the 7 o'clock hour. Uh, and so we'll we'll talk a lot about what the Cardinals did, not just today, but the sweep of the San Diego Padres, which they completed this afternoon, they finished off that homestand uh, with six wins. As a matter of fact, the split with the Blue Jays, uh, two wins in that Brewers series, uh, which they also split that four-game series. And then the three-game sweep of the Padres. So a nice homestand for the Birds. And now they're going to Chicago. And this is going to be, this could be a really interesting weekend. Five-game series with the uh, Cubs coming up this weekend. But again, we'll talk all about that. We're going to spend most of the 7 o'clock hour, probably all the 7 o'clock hour, talking baseball tonight. And we've got lots of uh, good guests as well as far as that goes. First up, we'll talk a little blues here on Sports Open Line. We'll kind of wrap things up on the 2022 blues season. We'll visit with Luke Korak of NHL.com coming up on the other side of our first break. So just about... 6.15 or so, and then coming up in that 7 o'clock hour, we'll visit with Drew Silva of NBCSports.com. We'll talk to uh, the former Cardinal Kyle McClellan. He's got a really cool project that he is doing. Uh, it'll be good to talk to Kyle. Used to talk to Kyle a lot. Used to talk to him a lot on the pregame shows. So we'll visit with Kyle McClellan as well uh, coming up in that 7 o'clock hour. I want to get to something as well. I'm gonna, I'll am gonna. i get it out there super quick right now, and I'll get into it a little bit more. But uh, there was a poll recently of the most hated players in major league baseball. So I'd be curious to to know what you think, what who you believe was voted the most hated player in major league baseball. And I'm not going to tell you anymore. I'll tell you as we go along kind of how this all uh how it was decided, what kind of uh, method we used to decide these uh hated players. But you can text us if you'd like 314-436-7900 or uh, 800-925-1120. So text us. Uh, I just want to know a name. I just want to know who you think is the most hated player in Major League Baseball. And as I said, as we go along, I'll tell you a little bit more about how they picked this uh, so-called hated, most hated player in Major League Baseball. But I want to see just right off the bat uh, what you thought. I've already polled my producer extraordinaire, Matt Pajeski, behind the board and asked him what he thought. He, he got a couple of them, by the way. He picked off a couple of them right off the list. So I'd be interested to see what you thought. But on the other side of our first break, as I said, we'll talk a little blues hockey. We'll wrap things up on this uh, 21-22 season with Luke Korak of NHL.com. That's when we come back. It's Sports Open Line on a Wednesday night here on the home of Cardinal Baseball, KMOX. Two ways to listen to KMOX in your car. 98.7 in the city, 1120 a.m. further out. The voice of St. Louis, KMOX.
Joe Pot back in on Sports Open Line here on a Wednesday night in St. Louis, and we'll uh, we're going to shift things around just a little bit tonight. I was planning to have uh, Luke Korak right here, but we'll get to Luke Korak uh, coming up. We are going to take some special news reports from CBS News coming down here uh, during uh, this hour. In fact, there's a couple of them coming during this hour, so we'll have those uh, special news reports coming up here. Uh, when they run, unfortunately, uh, there's another. Uh, there was a shooting today at a medical center in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So we're going to get the latest from CBS on that uh, as we go along. Tell you a little bit about what the Cardinals did today. If you did not uh, hear what the Cardinals did today, as I mentioned uh, right off the top, Dakota Hudson had a great start this afternoon. And I say that because he really, it, it looked like it wasn't going to be a great start. And after the game, Oliver Marmel, the Cards manager, even acknowledged that, that the... Uh, the percentage of, of balls to strikes were not where they wanted it. So he gave up a run on a couple of hits in the first inning. Well, then he settled in to retire 18 straight batters, which got him through seven innings today, which is as long of a start as Dakota Hudson has had uh, since the 2020 season. Of course, he missed most of last year uh, with the injury. He had the great 2019 season. But he had the really nice, uh, a really nice start in 2020. It was on the road against Cincinnati, and then he comes back today and fires the uh, seven innings. Uh, it was uh, August 31st of 2020 against the Cincinnati Reds, but then he goes uh, seven innings today. So a really nice start for him. The other really good thing, first of all, Paul Goldschmidt extended his hitting streak to 23 games. Uh, so he is happy to be playing as if it was May. Nolan Arenado is happy to be playing as if it is no longer May because he had a down month, to say the least. He started this month with three hits, his first home run since May 18th, and he drove in three runs today. So all good things, lots of good things coming out of Bush Stadium this afternoon as the Cardinals sweep away the San Diego Padres. I do promise there is more uh, to come here as far as baseball talk. We're going to talk to Drew Silva, who's a St. Louis and writes for NBC Sports Com. We're going to talk to the former Cardinal Kyle McClellan, who's got a cool project that he has been working on. He's also getting set for fantasy camp coming up, I think, this week as well. So a lot of former Cardinals are in town this week as well. Kyle McClellan, of course, is a St. Louisan, so he's around. He's at a lot of games. I've seen him uh, a few times this year, but as I said, he's got a cool project that I will let him tell you about when we get to him uh, towards the top of the 7 o'clock hour as well. So we'll have plenty of baseball to come in the 7 o'clock hour, we will get to uh, talk to Luke Korak of NHL.com. But as I said, we're going to take a couple of special reports here in the 6 o'clock hour regarding a shooting that is, uh, has happened in a medical center in uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma. And uh, it's unfortunate that we've got to be talking about this again so soon, but we are. Uh, and so that is what we'll do. We're going to send it away to uh, CBS News and have that uh, special report as it comes up right now. CBS News special report. Breaking news this hour in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Police say multiple people have been shot in an incident in a medical building in that city. This is reporter Cal Day of CBS affiliate KOET in Tulsa. My mom works at... There are still my mom. Uh, police officers arriving, uh, running hot with uh, lights and siren. A number of firefighters have come in. Um, of course, they're first responders in medical situations, but primarily a police response. You know, this is exactly what they trained for and all these uh, mass casualty trainings that they do. We don't know that's what's happened here, but we do know this is exactly what they uh, train for, a large-scale, very rapid uh, search of an area like this after a report of an active shooter. 
Police say the gunman has been killed, but there is no official word on the condition of the victims who were shot. One unconfirmed report says there are fatalities. Again, multiple people have been shot at a hospital in Tulsa, Oklahoma. The gunman has been killed. CBS News Special Report. I'm Steve Futterman. Joe Pod back in St. Louis at KMOX. Of course, Sports Open Line continues here, and we'll, we will continue to update you uh, on that breaking news situation from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, unfortunately, we will, uh, we've will we got more news coming out of Tulsa, and we will uh, pass that along when we get those special reports from uh, CBS tonight. So uh, we'll take a break here coming up. On the other side of this break, we'll get to Luke Korak of NHL.com, and we'll put a, uh, put a little wrap on the 2021-2022 Blues season. Of course, uh, ended on Friday with that uh, goal with just six seconds left. In the third period, the Colorado Avalanche moving on, and they, uh, boy, they put eight on Edmonton last night as well. We will get a little bit into uh, what Lou thinks as far as the rest of the playoffs are concerned, but mostly we'll wrap things up uh, as far as what the uh, Blues did and what this season was for your St. Louis Blues. So we'll do that when we come back. Lou Korak of NHL.com coming up. I'm Joe Pod at Sports Open Line here on KMOX. News Radio KMOX, the home of the Cardinals. Joe Pop back in on Sports Open Line on a Wednesday evening after a uh, Cardinals win. And we're a couple days removed now from the Blues finishing off their season, falling in the 2022 Stanley Cup playoffs, of course, in the second round to the Colorado Avalanche. And I'm joined now by Lou Korak of NHL.com. And uh, Lou, now that we are four days, five days removed from that, it's a it's a tough loss. It was a disappointing way to lose, but are are we at the point? I feel like we're at the point now that we can look back and kind of pick some of the the good things, pick a lot of good things, frankly, out of this season. Yeah, Joe, they took they took some steps forward, no doubt about it. I mean, after getting bounced in the first round the last two years, uh, you were able to win a playoff round against uh, a very game and a very good Minnesota Wild team that you know, was uh, one of those darling sleeper picks by a lot of people that could potentially come out of the Western Conference. And uh, listen, when you have to go through Minnesota and Colorado in your first two rounds just to make it to the Final Four, that's a heck of a gauntlet to go through. And uh, all things considered, yeah, it's a disappointment. Doug Armstrong said it best. I mean, only one team can win. So, you know, you're going to have 31 other teams out there that are going to – feel the disappointment. So it's uh, it's it, it's not bright for everybody, and certainly the St. Louis Blues uh, don't take too kindly to not winning at all, considering they won it all three years ago. But uh, all things considered, when you can take a step back and uh, reflect and the things that uh, they went through injury-wise, uh, COVID-wise earlier in the year to finish with 109 points, I, I would say they took some strides, but now this team's going to be hungrier moving forward to uh, go even further than that next year. I look at some of the things, one of the best offenses in the NHL this year, one of the best offensive the offenses the Blues have had. They had nine 20-goal scores, uh, obviously improved special teams. I mean, those have to be the kind of things that, that you look back and you hang your hat on for this kind of year, right? Well, 100%. I mean, there's – not too many teams out there that can uh, make the claim, like you said, with the special teams. They were they were the only team, if I'm not mistaken, and I know 
towards the end of the year they were, and I, I don't believe that changed where they were the only team that were in the top five in both power play efficiency and, uh, and penalty kill efficiency, which is a pretty good feather in their cap. Again, all things considered with some of the guys that they were missing, you implement a guy like Nick Letty late into the lineup uh, and on your roster, acquiring him at the trade deadline, which wound up being uh, a very nice move for this team because, you know, they're, Doug Armstrong noted it. Their winning percentage uh, shot up tremendously once they got him, and he was a big help on this team, and he certainly helped in those areas. And, uh, but yeah, you know, you finish with 109 points, and you're still third in your division, which tells you how good the Central yeah, Division 100%. was uh, this year. Yeah, yeah, and it's uh, it's there's a lot, like you said earlier, there's a lot of things that they did do good, but ultimately, in the end, in their eyes, it's not good enough. So. Now you go into an off season to try to make improvements and and take those necessary strides to get to where you were three years ago again. So yesterday, uh, some exit interviews. You get to hear from from Doug Armstrong, Craig Berube, uh, several of the players. Did anything uh, major? Any any big surprises come out of those exit interviews yesterday? Um, I wouldn't say anything major. The only thing that probably I would say stood out to me was the fact that Doug Armstrong was very adamant about keeping as many of these players as he could together, which it's going to be, I don't want to say next to impossible. Tulsa, Oklahoma police respond to a shooting at a medical building and say they are treating it as a catastrophic situation. Tulsa police are confirming on Twitter that four people have died, including the shooter. St. Francis Health System locked down its campus because of the situation at the Natalie Medical Building, which houses an outpatient surgery center and a breast health center. Emery Bryan of KOTV-TV. There are still uh, police officers arriving, uh, running hot with uh, lights and siren. Uh, A number of firefighters have come in. Um, Of course, they're first responders in medical situations, but primarily a police response. You know, this is exactly what they train for in all these uh, mass casualty trainings that they do. We don't know that's what's happened here, but we do know this is exactly what they uh, train for, a large-scale, very rapid uh, search of an area like this after a report of an active shooter. CBS News Special Report. I'm Jennifer Kuyper. You know, he's going to do everything he can to keep this core group together, which, you know, I I think is important to note here that they're going to continue to go with the group that they had. And that just tells me they still believe that this championship window is still open. Now, granted, you got Ryan O'Reilly, Vladimir Tarasenko, guys that are going into their contract years. That's something you're going to have to look at. Not necessarily maybe now, as Doug Armstrong said, but down the road, uh, what do you do with those guys? Do you try to commit to them long-term? Is Tarasenko a guy that's going to stay here long-term? Is he going to want to stay here long-term? Uh, you've got some unrestricted free agents you're going to have to address. I noted Nick Letty earlier. David Perron, I, I think that one is eventually going to get done because both sides want to see this get done. Uh, so I don't see that one being an issue. And to me, the biggest one is Billy Husso. Uh, do you want to commit to he and Jordan Bennington again as your tandem? And if you do... You're going to have to pony up some more money to keep Billy Huso because, uh, you know, all things considered, he had a very good regular season. Maybe not, maybe not so much. He was in a tough situation getting put in 
again in the playoffs after starting it. Uh, maybe he didn't put up the numbers that he did in the regular season, but he's certainly going to get himself a raise. And you can't blame him if he's going to be a, a guy that's going to want to test the free agent market because there's going to be teams out there looking for a starting goalie. And if you happen to lose him, that's going to be an area you're going to have to address. And, and Doug Armstrong said that as much, right? We want to do whatever we can to have you here, but understand that if you can do better, we understand that. And and the other part of that is, did we not see the switch the names up, Jake Allen, Jordan Bennington? This was a few years ago, almost the same situation, wasn't it? Yeah, 100%. So similar. And yeah, I mean, it's I don't want to call, you know, the goalie position a revolving door, but it almost is. I mean, there, there's just so much turnover. And once teams are able to find two viable goalies, which is very hard in, in this day and age to be able to keep, other teams are going to notice that. And, you know, teams that are looking for an actual starting goalie, and there's going to be a number of them out there, um, he's going to be one of the hotter commodities out there as far as that's concerned. So, um, especially guys that are going to become free agents, and you know they're going to get a pay raise, and that's going to affect your salary cap, and we know it's uh, it, it's going to be $82.5 million, and it's just all going to be dependent on what uh, the St. Louis Blues are going to have to work with. They're always a cap ceiling team, so it always makes that challenge a little more difficult. You can't keep everybody in today's day and age, but Doug Armstrong certainly made the case that he's going to do his best to try to keep this core together. Luke Korak with us of NHL.com, talking a little bit, wrapping things up here on the Blues 21-22 season. Uh, you did talk about David Perron, and that was one of those, obviously, down the stretch of the regular season and through the playoffs, talking about you know whether or not that was going to be possible. But uh, Doug Armstrong was was pretty open about the fact that they they really do want to want to do anything they can to keep him here, and obviously, it, you know, it sure seems like Perron wants to be here. Yeah, Joe, th- th- this is this is one of those where and I understand that uh, he's on his third tour of duty with the Blues. Right. And believe it or not, every contract that he has signed <laughs> in his career has been signed by the St. Louis Blues. Now, he's gone on to other places, which which sounds crazy. But this is this is home to him. And he's you know, he hasn't hidden his feelings regarding that at all. And he wants to stay here. The team uh, sounds like they're very interested in keeping him as part of this group. They were very happy with his play this year, and uh, I'll be honest with you, Joe. And I've, you know, I've covered St. Louis uh, professional athletes for quite a long time. And if you can name anybody out there that has aged and continued to get better uh, in their career, like David Perron has, I'd sure like to hear it. I'm sure there's some Cardinals out there, or maybe somebody that I'm missing here, but. This guy just continues to get better with age. He just turned 34 years old. Uh, he's not going to ask, you know, he's not going to ask for the moon and the stars here, you know. But he's going to he's going to want to get himself uh, a nice, secure contract uh, to where it probably takes him, where he's going to say, okay, I'm I'm getting near the end of my career here, and I'm sure he'd like to finish his career here. And uh, you know, I w- I'm a little surprised that this didn't get done earlier in the year, but it sure sounds like to me. Uh, it's not a question of if, more of a question of when it gets done. And, and Callie Rosen signed a two-year, two-way contract earlier today. As a matter of fact, uh, what was uh, you know why that one first, or why why was that one so easy to to complete? I just think that you know what he gave them is you know just to solidify the depth. Uh, not not only here, and as it turned out, he he wound up playing 
some important roles for this team when, you know, they had to deal with some injuries here in the playoffs. And uh, I think they liked what they got from him. He appreciates the opportunity that uh, they gave him. And uh, it's, it's probably one of those where, you know, the player didn't see the need to uh, maybe go out and uh, explore the market again. You know, sometimes you get players that are comfortable and familiar with their surroundings and uh, like what they see, feel like it's a good fit for them. And uh, you just consummate it and get it done. And I think the blues appreciate the depth that he does provide. Um, Is he going to be one of those guys that uh, is in your top seven at the start of next year? Probably not, but it's, it's a nice insurance policy to have to know that you have, some veteran experience there that can step in uh, when an injury occurs. And in this, in this day and age and in this game, it's almost rare that, you know, you're able to uh, at a certain position go through an entire season without dealing with some kind of an injury. And he's a, he's a good player to have there uh, in case somebody has to come out of the lineup. You touched on uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, and of course, at this point last year, all we were hearing was he wanted to be moved. He wanted to be traded. He was he was unhappy. Uh, He gets healthy. He has an outstanding year, 82 points out of Vladdy this year. And and obviously we heard less and less as the season went on. Are things better? Are we just, was that just put off till now this off season? What, what do you believe and, and what do you hear about Vladimir Tarasenko? I think the best way to characterize it is I think it's Mm open-ended Yeah, Do I believe, do I believe uh, some of the fences have been mended? Yes, I do, and I think that all all boils down to uh, not only the organization and the player. Things were successful on both sides. That's 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 the key to me. Um, and now having the kind of year that he had, and knowing this has been home for him, I think that helps alleviate some of those feelings. Now, are they completely gone? Uh, I can't speak for uh, Tarasenko, but I would like I would like to think that uh, maybe maybe the feelings aren't as strong as they were last year. Now, like I said before, this is a guy going into a contract year. Um, If somebody calls the blues right now about Vladimir Tarasenko, I think it would be foolish for Doug Armstrong not to listen. I think he would listen. And if something does make sense, uh, he's, he's one of those guys that's, you know, if he feels like it's going to be for the betterment of the hockey club, he'll certainly entertain it. But he told us yesterday that, uh, He's not worried about Tarasenko going into next year. He made that perfectly clear last year. He's under contract. Uh, We fully expect him to come in, be ready to play, and to perform at a high level, which he did. If they have to go into the uh, next season under that same scenario, I think uh, it's a little more riskier to do that, knowing that you can lose him for nothing the following summer. But I don't think Doug Armstrong is necessarily too concerned with that, all things considered. Um, he knows now that uh, he made the right decision in hanging on to him last year when, uh, think about it, the Seattle Kraken could have had him for nothing, Joe. Mm-hmm. He was exposed in the expansion draft. Right. Now, I don't, know, I don't know many teams that looking back now and say, man, we missed out on a 30-plus goal guy at 80-plus point season. That's a little hard to swallow. Uh, if there is a trade proposition that would uh, come out this summer for Tarasenko, I think the Blues have strengthened their cards now, knowing that uh, they can deal from a strength of position, knowing that the player um, certainly solidified not only himself, but the organization as a whole. As we wrap up here with Luke Korak, is uh, is Colorado coming out of this, or is there somebody else you like among the uh, the final four here? 
Uh, I'll tell you what. I still like Tampa. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I know it's the easy pick to make here, but, man, they're they're finding their mojo again. And <laughs> think about it. They just swept the Florida Panthers, a team that averaged over four goals a game, which is crazy to think, through an 82-game regular season, swept them arguably without uh, their best two-way forward in Braden Point. That just tells you how deep that is. And when you have the best goalie in the world, that's a great place to start. I mean, Andre Vasilevsky – to me, it, it all starts and stops there. Well, when you get goaltending, you have a chance to win. I'm fascinated by that series because you have probably two of the best goalies going out there. Uh, what you saw last night, uh, that reminded me of the old 80s. Man, I mean, it's it's almost like uh, you're playing a game of next goal wins. Uh, that, that That's how crazy that series is going to be. That Colorado-Edmonton series, it may shatter and break all records <laughs> for most goals in a series. The way they started last night – uh, I wouldn't be surprised if that continues because, uh, to me, you have so much top-end talent out there and the goaltending may be a little bit suspect. I'm sticking with Tampa because they've been there and they've done that and they seem to be hungry again. Another ring for uh, Patty Maroon. <laughs> Can you imagine? Right. The guy is, Joe, the guy has won, been a part of 14 straight winning series. That's crazy that when nuts. you think about it. it. It is. I mean, and if he can pull this off, uh, it's going to be 15 and 16. I mean, it, it's almost unheard of in today's day and age, but there's something about him, man. He he brings an aura to, to a locker room. <laughs> he certainly brought it here three years ago, and uh, his magic has rubbed off on that lightning locker room, too. It'd be great to see because, you know, he's one of ours, and you like to see you like to see the athletes of St. Louis succeed. You got it. Well, I appreciate the time tonight, Lou. I hope you get some downtime in this uh, offseason, and I'm sure we'll talk soon. All right, Joe. Thanks for having me. There you go. That's Luke Korak from NHL.com. I'm Joe Pott. Sports Open Line continues after this on KMOX. Welcome back to the Meyer Jensen Sports Open Line. Swing it along with the left. That's a grand slam for Yadier Molina. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. We're back in here on Sports Open Line on a Wednesday. As I mentioned, things are shuffling around just a little bit because we are uh, taking some special reports from CBS tonight. We'll have another one of those uh, coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Um, I asked earlier about the most hated player in Major League Baseball. I'm seeing some texts, and some of you are right on, by the way. Uh, I'll explain a little bit more here as we go along. So here's how this was decided, and I'll give you the results here in our next hour because we're going to do all baseball in our next hour anyway. But here's how this was decided. It was actually picked by negative tweets. So they picked things like, I hate so-and-so or so-and-so is the worst. Those are how they have decided. But I'm telling you, some of you are right. Uh, You're naming people on this list. Uh, that uh, that is the most hated players in Major League Baseball, and it was a uh, study done by uh, let me see Bet Online, and they've been tracking these tweets since April seventh, which of course was opening day. So, uh, and that's all I'm going to tell you because I'm not going to tell you yet where to find the full article because then you're just going to cheat and you're going to find out who the most hated player is and you're going to text me and you're going to think that you were right, but and you might be right, but I don't want you to cheat first. So I'll tell you where you can find it after we reveal the most hated player according to these negative tweets. And that's all come since uh, opening day, as I said. 
Uh, we're going to get to a CBS News special report here coming up in uh, just a second or two, and we'll continue with things here in the 6 o'clock hour. The 7 o'clock hour is going to be all uh, baseball as well, so I appreciate you being flexible with us tonight as we uh, cover this news and make sure we're getting you all the uh, current information. We go now to that special report from CBS News. CBS News special report. Officials in Tulsa, Oklahoma say four people have been killed, including the gunman, following a shooting at a Tulsa hospital, St. Francis Hospital. There are reports the gunman took his life. There are also reports of one other person being wounded. Reporter Mackenzie Gladney of CBS TV affiliate KOTV is at the scene. And we've got people just sitting in their cars on their phones, looking, worried, calling, asking first responders, going up, asking questions. People just want to know what's going on. Is everybody safe? This man has spoken with a friend who is actually inside the hospital. It sounds like he's not being able to leave right now. So uh, we're hoping he could get out here pretty soon. But you know he's okay. Be safe. Yeah, he is safe right now. So uh, we're just praying that he stays that way. The shooting took place in the Natalie building, which houses an outpatient surgery center and a breast health center. Again, four people dead in Tulsa, Oklahoma, after a shooting at a hospital. CBS News Special Report. I'm Steve Futterman. Joe Pod back here on Sports Open Line on a Wednesday night. Uh, Big Al was going to join us. He was going to let us know uh, what his prediction was for the NHL, the Final Four series. I do know he also did send us a text that he said that Vladimir Tarasenko stays because of Buchnevich. That is uh, in his opinion. So uh, I think that it will be an interesting uh, development. I think that'll be something interesting to follow, only because it seemed to be it just seemed to be going the wrong direction at this point last year. That Vladimir Tarasenko was so. Uh, hung up on, and hung up maybe is the wrong word, but he was so adamant about uh, wanting to be somewhere else, wanting to be traded, wanting to be dealt. And, you know, pretty much Doug Armstrong said, hey, he is under contract. We expect him to honor that contract and be here and perform for us. And perform for us he did, uh, without a doubt. The uh, 82 points this year, a career best for Vladimir Tarasenko, 34 goals, 48 assists. He was fantastic. Now, I had Andy Strickland on a couple of weeks ago talking about the same thing, and he mentioned that Buchnevich was a big reason. And part of that was just to kind of, uh, you know, ease the the mental strain or ease, um, you know, what might be weighing on Tarasenko's mind. And, and he said flat out, don't discount the fact that Pavel Buchnevich is here and that that has helped Vladimir Tarasenko feel comfortable. If you heard when we just talked to Lou Korak, he said, it not just the player having success, but the team having success as well. So the fact that Vladimir Tarasenko was a big part of what the Blues were doing, of course, down the stretch and and winning that he was a huge part of that first round series win against uh, Minnesota. So uh, that was his kind of his reasons as to why he thought that Vladimir Tarasenko was going to stay here in St. Louis. But I do think that'll be interesting to watch and. We definitely know that, uh, you know, it's it's certainly nothing personal when it comes to what players are dealt, kept, et cetera, when it comes to Doug Armstrong. He has proven that, that he is a businessman first, and what is best for this organization, what is best for the St. Louis Blues, is what uh, he makes his decision on. And so I think that Lou Korak was right on when he said that, you know, the Blues kind of dealing from a position of strength there, that if something comes up and if it's a good enough deal for the Blues, there is absolutely zero reason for 
uh, Doug Armstrong to back away from that and, and back away from a deal that might be best for the Blues if it means dealing Vladimir Tarasenko. So we'll keep our eyes on that um, as we go along here in the offseason. I'm sure we'll talk to Lou Korak again as we go along here through the offseason. We are going to go full baseball mode in the 7 o'clock hour tonight. Uh, we'll have the strike zone. We'll visit with Drew Silva, who is a St. Louis native, and he is uh, a writer for NBCSports.com. He's their uh, head baseball writer, I guess. It's uh, Lee. I, I don't. I I lost his title now, but uh, he is. Uh, he'll be joining us as well. Big Al, I can go to Big Al if Big Al can be very quick. Big Al, how quick can you be? Ask my girlfriend. What's going on, buddy? How are you, Big Al? Great, buddy. I'm proud of you. I don't know how you wormed your way into this deal, but I told Pat Maroon when we signed him to go to the net, drop anchor. We have a banner in 10 years. If the net was in the corner, we'd have three Stanley Cubs. He took my advice, and now here we are. Go Lightning. All right, fair enough. That's uh, There you go. Big Al has spoken. Go Lightning, he says. that It's going to be a, a fourth ring in four years for Pat Maroon if – the lightning can uh, if the lightning do finish it so that's that's crazy to think about that this uh our man from oakville is gonna perhaps or certainly has the chance to raise the stanley cup again and it would be it would be 15 and 16 that's what luke korak was saying as far as series one in a row for pat maroon for a pat maroon team in the playoffs which is just a crazy run of success and a crazy string that he would be part of there. If that's the case, if the Tampa Bay lightning are to win another Stanley cup, the organization's third in a row, but it would be Pat Maroon's fourth in a row. So all baseball coming up here in the next hour, uh, we will talk about the Cardinals. We told you already the Cardinals played great this afternoon. Dakota Hudson was great this afternoon. Nolan Arenado is playing much more like Nolan Arenado was playing in the month of April. So put May behind us and Nolan Arenado uh, hopefully feels that way as well. He homered again. He hit his 10th of the year and he drove in three. Paul Goldschmidt extended his hitting streak. I'm going to talk to Drew Silva, not just about the St. Louis Cardinals. I'm going to talk to him a little about uh well, the National League Central Division, some of the other division races as well uh, in Major League Baseball. So we'll do all of that coming up. We'll also talk to Kyle McClellan, the former Cardinal, and uh, talk about his project that he has uh, working, and we'll let him kind of tell you about that. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about uh, Cardinals Fantasy Camp as well, which is going on this week uh, here in St. Louis, and Kyle McClellan is a big part of that as well. So lots of baseball when we come back here on Sports Open Line on a Wednesday night. Joe Pot with you here on Camo X. We're coming back for hour number two after this.